this week's episode of the Tyson pre-show. Thank you so much for listening. Today is going to be a great show. It's going to motivate you this week. Here in the United States, we have a holiday known as Memorial Day. And what I'm going to talk about today is a little bit of the history of Memorial Day and how it applies to our own life. But before I get there, I want to remind you of the words of King Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where he, King Solomon tells us to guard our hearts because out of our hearts come the issues of life, meaning you make a decision with your heart. And if your heart isn't kept clear, if you can't stay focused in the areas of the heart, then life decisions are going to become complicated. The question is, what is the heart? The heart is the intersection of your intellect, your emotions, and then your physical action to carry out what your intellect and emotions have decided for you to carry out. So keep that pathway clear. Keep those pathways clear. Focus on what needs to be accomplished to get your job done. Why? Because you are a person of action. You don't sit back and let life happen to you. You happen to life. And I am privileged to be your war buddy. That's right. In World War I, England went from 80,000 troops to 300,000 troops by recruiting a person and their friends or their co-workers, and they served in the same trenches together. They went right from working together right into fighting together. And I am here to be your trench buddy to help you fight. I'm here to help you climb that mountain, help you realize the blind side that every single one of us have. So don't be ashamed to say, hey, I've got a blind side and I need somebody to help me see the things that I can't see. I need someone to help me discover the unknown unknowns. Oh, you might know the unknowns, but there's always going to be the unknown unknowns. And so thank you for allowing me to write along and be your Obi-Wan as you are the hero, Luke Skywalker. Thank you for listening. If you want more help and guidance and assistance, and I can powerfully serve you and your dreams and your and for you to, as you pursue your happiness, reach out to me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. I would love to powerfully serve you as your coach and help you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Again, that's Tyson at TysonPriest.com. Well, today I want to talk about, because I know that this is being released on Memorial Day weekend and where I live, there's a big 500 race that occurs every year here, and it's kind of a big to-do in my neck of the woods on this blue, blue marble that we call Earth. And every year in that event, there is a trophy, and that trophy has on it I don't really know what they're called, but it's like it's like a small picture, but it's three-dimensional of each Indy 500 winner on that trophy. It is a memorial. It is 
a remembrance of all of the drivers who have won previous races. And of course, their faces then tell you a bit of the story. You can research them with their names. You can find out their stories and what they've been through and what they've gone through. And you can remember that. You can kind of go through and learn about them, their struggles, their victories, um, and really allow those stories to inspire you. Well, today I don't want to talk about any particular driver, but what I want to talk about is memorials. Memorials in your life. Memorials in my life. You see, memorials play an important role as we begin to discover who we are, where we're going, and our accomplishments. And I don't think that most people set up memorials in their life to remember their victories. Like when you go to a a city park or state park or someplace, you see these statues and memorials to remind us of our dark moments, maybe as a people, as a nation, to remind us of our victories, to remind us that where we've come from and who we are today has not been an easy journey. But that memorial or that statue represents that struggle and that victory. You see, if there was no struggle, there would be no victory. And so, Victory is born from struggle. So if you struggle, then be inspired to know that you're going to have a victory. But what we don't do then is in the moment of that victory, make a, make a memorial to it. In fact, there's a passage in scripture where Joshua is leading the people of Israel and they have crossed over to the river. They have crossed over the river Jordan. And something miraculous happened when they crossed over the River Jordan. Scripture tells us that the river stopped flowing, that somewhere upstream it got dammed up. And at that exact moment, it allowed the Israelites to cross over the River Jordan. Now, whether there were like giant beavers making giant dams stop in the river, doesn't matter. They recognized it as God damming up the river for them so they could get across. And this is what scripture tells us in Joshua chapter four, verse four. And this is what Joshua says. He's telling them to build a memorial for the act of God that allowed them to cross. And this is what Joshua says this memorial is supposed to do. It is to serve as a sign among you in the future when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Do you notice something there? Do you notice that when they're building this memorial, it is to be a a memorial, not just for them, but for their children as well, and for their children's children, and their children's children, and their children's children. He says forever that they are to remember the victory that they had. I wonder how many of us forget our victories. I wonder how many of us forget 
the moments where God came through, the moments where we were able to overcome. Do we create memorials for those instances in our lives? Do we go out maybe and purchase a saying uh, on a plaque or something and hang it up as a remembrance of, yeah, that plaque, that, that thing hanging on the wall there, it's not just decoration. It actually reminds me of a time when you tell your story. And every time you see that, it tells your story. I wonder how many of us um, go back and think about things where we succeeded and what led to that success, that we build up memorials. We create for ourselves trophies, right? Like back when I was growing up and my grandparents were growing up, not everybody got a trophy. And I'm not going to get on that soapbox. But not everybody gets a trophy because you didn't have to struggle blood, sweat, and tears to win. But when you get a trophy that you've sweated for, that you've bled for, that you've shed skin for, that you fought for, that you got up early for, that cost you some emotional damage that you've recovered from and you've succeeded, it means just a little bit more. My son my youngest son, who's big into football, when he was playing flag football and youth tackle football, every team got a trophy. Every football camp that he's gone to, you get a, a ribbon or some sort of award. Thank you for attending camp or, you know, whatever. But, but one day I happened to walk into his room and I noticed that he had trophies on his tall dresser and then he had trophies on his desk. And I said, what, 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 are, what's the, why are your trophies spread all over your room? That's, I think that's what I said. And yes, I exaggerated. They weren't truly spread all over the room. There were trophies on the tall dresser. There were trophies on the desk. And he said, Oh, well the trophies now keep in mind, he's like in sixth grade or seventh grade. He says the trophies on the tall dresser, are the championship trophies. Those are the trophies that were earned. The trophies on the desk are the thank you for coming out and putting your shoes on trophies. My son, at 6th or 7th grade, whatever that was, recognized the difference between the trophies. One trophy made him feel like a winner. The other trophies didn't matter because I can tell you the trophies on the tall on the tall dresser or next to his valued autographs or next to the value things that he values um, that were important to him. <laughs> the trophies on his desk where he sat and did homework. Um, yeah, they were just kind of tossed around. They didn't mean much. And I think for a lot of us, the trophies mean more when we've invested ourselves Listen, if my 6th or 7th grade son can figure that out, then we inherently know it. We inherently know it. When you think about Memorial Day, which is a holiday here in the United States, and again, if you're listening from around the world, thank you for listening. I know many of you do. There's a holiday here in the United States called Memorial Day. That is today. That's today um, when this show is being released, May 31st. And... I want to share a little bit of that history with you uh, in regards to Memorial Day uh, and where it comes from. Now, 
we typically think of it as a day when we remember and honor fallen U.S. soldiers, veterans, those that have passed on either in conflict or maybe they just died of natural causes. But we remember them for their service and their gallantry, and they're willing to stand up and fight for our country. But Memorial Day hasn't always been Memorial Day. In fact, uh, Memorial Day was actually first known as Decoration Day. Decoration Day was to honor and decorate the grave sites of those that had fallen in battle. And it was actually an, an order um, that was proclaimed on May the 5th in 1868 by General John Logan. He was the national commander of the Grand Army of the Republic, the Union. And it was General Order Number 11. And on that day, he proclaimed that we should decorate the tombstones and the graves of those who had served. So May 5th, 1868. And this is part of what he proclaimed in his order. The 30th, the 30th of May, 1868, is designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion, whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. Now, what he's referencing there, the country during the late rebellion, he's referencing the Civil War. This is 1868, May 30th, and he's discussing specifically the fight between the North and the South, the Civil War in the United States, between the Confederacy and the Union. And he's recognizing soldiers who fought in the Civil War. What I think is neat specifically about this address is that he doesn't single out just the Union soldiers. He doesn't single out just the Confederate soldiers. He includes them all. Now, why would that be? Because as a nation, as a unit, there was an internal struggle. And he was recognizing the internal struggle. Whether right, wrong, or indifferent doesn't matter. What the North and South stood for in regards to banking, currency, slavery, uh, founding documents of the country, all of the various differences that led up to the Civil War. He's acknowledging that we had a schism in our country, but we overcame it. And so we should honor those who fought. And I think that's the important thing, is that we honor those who fought. We honor those who stood for their beliefs. That we remember part of our tragic history. There is no country in the world that is perfect. There's no country in the world that has it all together, ever has had it all together. And there will be no country that ever does have it all together because we are humans and we're flawed. And so what we have to do is we have to acknowledge the good, the bad, the ugly, and yes, the beautiful. 
And that's what Memorial Day is about. I want to read to you, James Garfield was the 20th president of the United States, and he actually served in the Union Army um, as a general. And while a member of Congress, he actually gave a speech on the first Memorial Day, which was called, as I said, Decoration Day on May 30th, 1868, in front of a crowd of about 5,000 people, I think, if my memory serves me correct, at Arlington National Cemetery. And this is some of his speech. I'm not going to read it all. Of course, you can, you can look at it online and find it. But he makes a great point in this, in this speech. He says, I am oppressed with a sense of the impropriety of uttering words on this occasion. If silence is ever golden, it must be here beside the graves of 15,000 men whose lives were more significant than speech and whose death was a poem, the music of which can never be sung. What do you think about that for me? He says, basically he's saying in modern terms, words cannot do this justice. And we all know, we all know that when you have fought for something, when you have sweated for it, bled for it, maybe it's that promotion. Maybe it's that piece of property you just wanted to buy and you've just saved money, saved money and purchased it and worked hard and toiled for it. It's a bit sweeter. And sometimes words just don't do it justice. When you're climbing that mountain of entrepreneurship, when you're climbing the mountain of the new hobby that you're trying to accomplish and it's challenging you mentally and physically, but it's a new hobby. When you're trying to repair the relationship When you get to the point where you want to be, sometimes words don't do it justice. Let's just be honest. And it's in that moment that we should be building that monument. It's in that moment that we should consider what it is we accomplished to get us there. So that five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, as Joshua said, as they crossed the Jordan, we need to remember this moment. How are we going to remember this moment? What will we do to remember this moment? Because that's what matters, is that we build memorials in our lives to move us on, to drive us on, to push us, to go further, to go farther. He goes on in that speech on that first Decoration Day or Memorial Day, and he says, The nation was summoned to arms by every high motive which can inspire men. Two centuries of freedom had made the people unfit for depotism. They must save their government or miserably perish. He says that there was a moment in American history on Memorial Day in which every high motive that can possibly inspire man to do something courageous and bold. It was moved upon them in that moment to do something courageous and bold. And here's what I know. There was something courageous and bold that moved you to set out, to accomplish the things you wanted to set out. Don't stop now. You keep pushing. You keep going. You don't stop. Why? Because you are not, in the words of a famous pop singer, 
a paper bag floating through a parking lot. <laughs> no, you are a person that takes the bull by the horns, that digs in your trench, or climbs up the hill on the mountain and accomplishes the things you set out to accomplish because you were motivated. You were pushed by something greater. And he says that in that, he says two centuries of freedom had made its people unfit for depotism. They must save their government or miserably perish. He said they had a responsibility to do something. No matter how hard it was, they had a responsibility to stand up and do what it takes. You know, there is uh, a good friend of mine and they keep like all their birthday cards. And when they're feeling down, they'll go back and read those cards. When they get depressed, they'll go back and read those cards. There might be a letter with the card if it's really personal. If they were going through a hard time, they'll reread that letter. Why? Those are memorials. Those are statues in the timeline of their life that remind them that whatever they've gone through, they can get through this. It is a memorial to remind them that they have lived through 100% of their worst days. That they have made it through 100% of every bad day. They've gotten through them all. And I'm willing to bet that if you're listening to this, you have 100% lived through and conquered every bad day. So why not build a memorial to it? Why not remember the good, bad, ugly, and beautiful? Because you can do it. You will do it. I know you, and you're not a paper bag drifting through the parking lot of life. You're digging in. You're climbing. You're pushing. You're going forward. Do it. Make it happen. It's in you. Thank you for listening this week. You're going to do it. You're going to accomplish it. Don't stop. Listen, I want to powerfully serve you as your coach. I would love to come alongside you and help you reach out to me. Tyson at TysonPriest.com would love to powerfully serve you as your coach, not just to motivate you, but help you to see the unknown of the unknowns to identify things on your blind side and to push you and drive you to do more. I do that through one-on-one coaching or in my mastermind group with a group of people that are entrepreneurs and hobbies and businesses and doing new things. And I'm super excited that next week, um, a lady by the name of, uh, by the name of Amanda Paddock will be on the show and she is part of our mastermind group and she's starting her own nutritional business and developing an app and pushing forward. And it all started from our mastermind group coaching session. Man, I would love for you to be a part of that. So Tyson at TysonPriest.com. Until next week's interview with Amanda Paddock, climb your mountain, stand on the peak, own it, 